You found it. The no-nonsense, no-script podcast you've been waiting for. Real people on real issues. Welcome to Dynamic Independence. The home of logic, reason, and common sense. Let's do it. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in today. I'm Johnny Anderson, and I'm joined today by Bruce Adams. Good afternoon, Bruce. How are you today? Uh, doing well. Um, How's your front lawn? You know, Well, the, the, the leak is fixed. Um, I call it leak. It was rupture, really. Uh-huh. And uh, uh, now we've got a nice uh, dirt, I don't know, spot on our on our love front lawn. So waiting for that to be resodded. Well, you have all of your water back, yes? Water's back. Um, yeah, everything's everything's back up and running. So, I mean, that that's good. And the, the lawn thing is, um, you know, it's just an eyesore, really. It, it's, you know, it's not anything. It, it'll it'll yeah, be it'll resolved back. in time. Yeah, it'll yeah. grow back. So yeah, yeah. I don't want to get into anything serious today. I just kind of want to put my feet up and just relax because I think I need like a 48 hour cool down period after what we did on Friday. So I, I just mm-hmm. need I need a break. I need a wind down of some kind because I've got people messaging me privately saying, uh, what is all this? You've got to be joking, right? And n- no, I'm not joking. We, we weren't joking at all. We were being dead serious. Unfortunately, I, I you know, wish sorry we were joking. Yeah, I w- exactly. I, I wish we were joking about that stuff, but we're not. Yeah. But nonetheless, if you haven't listened to it yet, if you're listening to us today and you haven't listened to the agenda of societal change, I would highly encourage you to please go back and give that a listen, because that right there, that plan is coming. That plan is coming. So I would highly recommend that you go back and listen to that. The agenda of societal change. Extremely important. Uh, And it's extremely important that people do their own research as well. Don't just take our word for it. Please do not do that. We tell you exactly where to go. We make references to everything that we speak on. Please do your own research and, and follow the guidelines that we put out there for you to make up your own mind and make your own determination. But anyway, today, today, uh, well, we don't really have any set topic. We usually never do unless it's something really big, which next week we're working on something, aren't we? We're working on something we're going to do a deep dive on. And which, by the way, we're going to have on that one. We're going to have you, myself, GP and Marty are all going to get in on that one. So that's going to be a good one. So we're not going to tell you about it just yet. Not just yet. Uh, but it's going to be coming up, hopefully, hopefully this coming week, hopefully, if not, because Marty's going to be in Italy for a while. So uh, he's, he's got to go there for a little while. But hopefully, if it's not this week, then it'll be the week after. So just it depends on if we can get our schedules to line up right. Anyway, today I was flipping through a bunch of stuff and TikTok is in the news. Are you on TikTok, Bruce? I know it's probably a dumb question to ask. Uh, no, I'm. I've seen, you know, memes and videos and stuff that have come from TikTok, but I haven't I'm not actually on TikTok myself. Okay. So TikTok, yeah, I've seen like videos and stuff. I mean, most, most notably we saw the uh, the doctors during the first round of COVID partying in the hospitals. Yeah. Yeah. So TikTok, is it like what Vine used to be? Is that kind of the vibe I'm getting off of it? Is just like the little clips and the little videos and stuff that people put up. That's all it is. And you have like a specific time limit you can do. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of my understanding is it's kind of uh, it's a mix between Twitter, Snapchat and YouTube all kind of all together. It's kind of in that vein. 
Interesting. Okay. One of the interesting things about TikTok is it's run by the CCP, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah, they, they're a major shareholder in it. Yeah. So we, we kind of have this app here in the West and I, you know, I've been looking at it and I'm like, well, wait a minute, that's, those are CCP companies. Why, why exactly do we have that? What, why, why are we allowing yeah. that? I mean, they don't allow our exactly. apps from the West over there, do they? No, of course not. The Chinese, the poor Chinese people that are oppressed by the CCP, they don't have access to YouTube unless they get it through a VPN, right? They don't have access to Google. They don't have access to Facebook, any of that stuff. They're allowed certain parts of those things because those companies just so happen to make special apps and special services for the Chinese people to use, right? Oh, they, they would never have a, a project Dragonfly, for example, for Google or, no. you know, they would never do anything like that. They're, they're American companies. They they don't. Yeah, no, they, they've done exactly that. They, they do have their own, quote unquote, YouTube, but it's heavily censored. They have their own search engine, which was aided by uh, Google. Uh, now, officially, Google wasn't involved. However, Google sent them some engineers and it was Google engineers that helped them. But officially, they weren't involved uh, because of the backlash. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the Great Firewall, those are also American companies, aren't they? Cisco Systems... Yeah. The, mm-hmm. These got Broadcom. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's not some conspiracy theory. Anybody can go and look that up. President Donald Trump. D- did you know Donald Trump was our president? Did you know that? Oh, uh, I mean, the media won't let us forget that one. OK. All right. Just, just I'm just checking. Yeah. Just, just making sure. President Donald Trump said he's going to take action on TikTok now. And he says he's going to do this today. Like it's as soon as today could, could possibly be later. But He's talking about TikTok being a source of national security and censorship concerns, which, to be fair, the whole damn tech, uh, the tech giants, they're all guilty of censorship and security concerns as far as I'm concerned. But TikTok, yeah, TikTok, let's just focus on TikTok for a second. TikTok, they're trying to ban from the U.S. And to be honest with you, I don't blame them at this point because this is not an American company. And you do have security issues there because you see people on it. What what data are they gathering from that? That's the question, which we don't have access to. We have no oversight on that. We can't subpoena that data if we need it in any kind of a court case or legal proceeding. So why is that permitted? Why do we have that? And more than that, how are they advertising? If you look at the people that are on it, these are the um, mostly the younger kids, right? The younger generations, they're the ones that are majority on it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. what are they what kind of the, the ones that are unable to see and comprehend the types of security risks that we sit here and talk about, you know, personal security risks as far as putting your data out there? What are they being subjected to and asked to put in to these systems? How much of that information is being scraped off on the other end? That's a real concern here. I mean, that's yeah. as as Trump says, that's that's not I mean, I'm not looking at it from a censorship standpoint. I'm looking at that from a national security standpoint, because you're compromising the security of your citizens, personal security at that. So, first of all, can he do this? And second, if he can, OK, if he can't do this, do we need to do this? <laughs> that's I guess that's the other way. So let, let's talk about that. So what do you think? So to, to hammer in the point a little bit more, when a company's involved with the CCP, that gives the. Chinese military access to that information as well. Yes. So, and not to mention any other organization that they may have that they quietly work with, like uh, some of the hacker groups and whatnot uh, that they they target people. And so, it, you know, 
It's possible. I mean, for example, I, I don't know who did it recently, but uh, the George W. Bush Center was hacked, right? And and they, they paid the ransom on that one. But that's that's a real concern. So can the president do this? Probably. Uh, and, and the reason I say probably is uh, I don't know the full details of the Patriot Act. And because of uh, this is national security concern, this is his area as far as government is concerned probably he can he can pass an executive order to ban it and congress can probably you know try to um argue for against it and make it more permanent if you will but essentially if he passes an executive order that that bans it bars it um more or less states can be like yeah no we agree or we disagree and it's really not i mean it's really not law the next president that comes in could be like yeah we don't like that and and remove it so it's not a permanent solution, but it, it, it's an immediate solution. It, it, it's like a stopgap. Then it's on the tech companies to actually have them remove it from their store. That's the other thing. And then on top of that, yeah. do you block it? Because if you have, as it stands right now, if you have an application that's installed on your device, whatever that is, you still have access to that app. They can't remove the app. Well, I suppose I could, but they don't. They can't remove they, the they app. They can, yeah. They can. They can do that now. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, that was so that was a big beef uh, for when uh, for me, when Windows 10 came out, there is a kill switch in Windows 10 that any program on there, they can shut down. They can remove it from your computer remotely. They don't have to have access to your system physically. So that was a big beef when Windows 10 came out. So smartphones, absolutely. They probably have the same kind of uh, system in place. Yeah, here, here's an interesting thing, because I have applications on my phone that are no longer on the stores. Yes. And I still have them. Right. So are you saying that they they can go in and remove those even though I still have them? Yep. They, they okay. potentially have. So I don't know specifically with them, because the, the, the thing is, is if you, for example, if you paid money for it or you've already downloaded it, most cases, they're not going to remove it from your library. Most cases, they, they're not going to do that. Mm-hmm. However, if they deem it to be, I don't know, something like um, dangerous to the populace because it's giving misinformation about COVID-19, yeah, the potential's there. I mean, they could do it. There's not, as far as I'm aware, there's no legal precedent for the, that says they can't do that. They reserve mm-hmm. the right to do that kind of thing because you're technically renting the property from them when you buy it. It's not even, yeah, yeah the device is yours, but it's not yours at the same time. So uh, I don't I don't know where legally where they can and can't do that. But yeah, that, that's something that they have the potential to do. I mean, uh, they okay. leave back doors and all kinds of stuff in place. Oh, sure. Too, yeah. for, for data acquisition and whatnot. So sure they do. I, I, mean, I would imagine the- there's a kill switch. Oh, absolutely. Look, look at Samsung. Look at Apple. Every, every other week you're hearing about these companies coming out and getting caught watching people through their devices, right? Whether that's your yeah. phone or your TV or whatever. This uh, this device that Amazon sells, I'm not going to mention the name because it'll activate for, for the listener. So, uh, But everybody knows what I'm talking about. That particular thing, it listens to you all the time. You can go back and you can recall your conversations. They're logged in Amazon's settings. You have to go in there and actually... Remove them if that's what you want, if that's what you want to do, if you're concerned about privacy. Case in point, there was an Irish there was an Irish citizen who was convicted of murder. Well, how did they get the conviction? They went back on the um, the Amazon devices recordings and got the audio from the guy's house. Now, Mm -hmm. don't get me wrong. Yes, it ended up being a just conviction. But how they got that evidence, 
I'm sorry, that's not admissible in my opinion. That's not admissible in my opinion because you violated someone's privacy. I understand, okay, well, they don't have a Fourth Amendment. It's Ireland. Okay, that's their legal system, right? Now, yeah. if you do that in the U.S., that violates your Fourth Amendment. But then again, I mean, you voluntarily brought that into your house, didn't you? You signed the TOS, so you should already know what it does. You know, take that for what it is. But Trump Where said- as stop, though? Yeah, exactly. Where do you stop? No, I, I agree. I, I think all this stuff should yeah. be thrown out anyway. So I, I'm not yeah. going to argue with that. I'll go a step further than this here in just a second. Trump said, as far as TikTok is concerned, we're banning them from the United States. He told reporters on Friday on Air Force One as he returned from Florida. Uh, he said that he could use emergency economic powers or an executive order to enforce the action, insisting I have that authority. It's going to be signed tomorrow. Of course, now Microsoft is in talks. Oh, well, we might be buying it. Oh, well, OK, you might be buying it. Well, you have absolutely no interest in censoring people or or controlling any kind of agenda, especially since you were involved in the plan that we were talking about 48 hours ago. No, you don't have any interest whatsoever in controlling what information people get. No. And you certainly you certainly as a corporation, you're certainly not in any dealings in communist China. No, no, no. That couldn't be true. Oh, that's my best attempt at sarcasm, I suppose. (laughs) But yes, TikTok is under heavy scrutiny at the moment. And you know something? Somebody sent that article to me this morning and I was talking about it. And my response to that was, "Okay, great, great. It's about time. Now let's do social media companies next. And my stance on social media is clear. I I don't agree with social media. I don't like it. But now and we're going to talk a little bit about the cancel culture today. Uh, Not Mm -hmm. too much, but we're going to get into it just a little bit because it's surprisingly being called out from someone on the left. And we're going to talk about that. But my issue with social media now is it's gotten to the point where people's lives are being ruined. And when I say ruined, I'm talking about their careers are being destroyed. Forget the Harvey Weinsteins. Forget the Ellen DeGeneres and and all that stuff. Forget all that. Right. I'm I'm not talking about famous people. I'm talking about your average person. Your average guy, your average woman out there who have spent their time earning their degree or whatever it is, and then they go into a technical field of some type of engineering or some type of IT work or something like that, and they have private conversations with people. They'll have conversations with people they've known for years, private conversations in text messages or in direct messages or or whatever it might be. And what's happening? People are so divided. People are so at each other's throats because of everything you're seeing out there, all these different agendas that are being pushed from one side or the other. They're so divided. And I know people personally that are dealing with this. People are actually taking screenshots. I heard this story today. I couldn't believe it. People are actually taking screenshots of private conversations, tagging these people's employers because they're woke, you see, tagging people's employers and saying, do you employ people with this type of this type of an attitude? Is this the kind of attitude you want your employees to have when they represent your company? And people are losing their careers. People with families. Have we fallen so far that we don't even have any damn decency? Are we that far gone? Look at what social media has done. Look at what it's done to people. The amount of animosity, the amount of hatred, the intelligence that's been robbed from people because of it, because of this this group think. This mob mentality, this mob psychology, which we've talked about that before in in podcast specials that we've done. I think, Bruce, you and me mm-hmm. and uh, you and you and I and Marty did those. But this way that we're going with social media, this has got to be stopped. We have a chance. We have a chance as a society to stop this. But we have to stop it now. 
We don't have time to do it later. We can't say, oh, well, we'll set it aside. and We'll deal with it a couple a couple of years later. We are at that fork in the road with big tech. I heard it put into context today and I couldn't have said it better myself. The context I heard was rather they are operating as a single company or separate companies. The way that tech companies are behaving, they're all working in unison around the same agendas. This cancel culture, this agenda that they're pushing, they're all working together as if they're all on the same page. How is that not a monopoly? One company, five companies, 10 companies, doesn't matter. If they're all unilaterally pushing the same message and carrying the same agenda, well, then how is that not a monopoly? We have an opportunity as our respective countries and the EU, to their credit, they're at least trying to do something, I suppose. I don't know how well it's going to work out, but at least they're trying to do something. (laughs) But Uh, I would argue I would argue on the EU's that they're trying something because they're not the ones with the control of it. <laughs> yes. Yes. That, that I, yeah, because it, well, and the reason that they're trying is because they're, they're not the ones with the control of it because they've stepped in, right? The U.S. hasn't done anything. So that's caused the mm-hmm. vacuum to allow the EU to come in and to say, OK, well, we'll try and regulate you. And that's not right either. Right. Those are our companies, you know, as the U.S., those are our companies. So we have an opportunity to try and stop this and to stop this now, because this, this is going to get out of hand as if it's not already to an extent. But see, when I say out of hand, they're going to do more with it because they're not being stopped. Politicians, most of these people have been bought off by these people. But where does this go if it's not stopped? Where do we go with it? We've talked about it before. We call it social credit. Mm-hmm. The elites at Davos, as we spoke on 48 hours ago, they call it um, social capital, was it? Is that what it was? Social capital? Yep. Yep. So they've rebranded it. And then there was a, there's another academic term for it. I can't remember what it is off the top of my head. But uh, so social social governance, I think, is what they call it, or d- data driven governance, or something like that. So, something along those lines. Social engineering. Oh, well, yeah, it's social engineering, but it's it's uh, <laughs> yeah. social. It's something about. It. I, I remember the uh, the paper that we read about uh, social credit, the deep dive into the architecture of it, and. Mm-hmm. They were referencing uh, data driven governance or, or something along those lines. It's, no, it's yeah. fancy. Academic. No, you're right. I was being. I, I oh, was yeah. Being, uh, yeah. But you have something on social credit and new a new things come out this morning about social credit. Companies are already doing it. Tech companies are already doing it, aren't they? They're grabbing it from people's phones. They're scraping it already. So what is it? What are they doing? Yeah. So we we've already talked about this with like your phone. We already have it with like insurance companies, uh, grocery stores, you know, all these kind of things. However, there's these secret surveillance scores that are being used by these data analyzing. They, they analyze your personal data. Okay. Let's see here. Some of these are saying that they'll predict your future, what you're going to do, your behaviors. And some companies are actually using this data. So there's companies like CoreLogic, uh, TransUnion. There's companies, let's see here, HireVue. There's Cornerstone. So these different programs, for example, CoreLogic and TransUnion say that scores they, they push to the landlords can predict whether a potential tenant will pay the rent on time, be able to absorb, quote, this is a quote, absorb rent increases or break a lease. Um, and then you have other large uh, firms using the the higher view. Uh, they generate a employability score that Empl- analyzes. Uh, Hold on. Employability score? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, exactly. It goes over tens of thousands of factors, including a f- person's facial expression and voice intonations. So it, it tries to analyze you uh, in every way. 
and you may or may not get hired based on that. I mean, it's based probably on, going over based on how I smile. I might not get a job based on how you smile, based on how many I, times I blink, I, 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 how many times you blink, how expressive you are. You know, maybe you're not expressive enough. Maybe you're too much. You know, I mean, there, there's other other program. The Cornerstone scoring uh, considers uh, where a job prospect lives and which web oh browser God. they use to judge oh how successful God. they are. Oh, so let me get this straight. Um, I get I can already see where that one's going. So if I don't use Chrome, I'm bad. Basically, yeah. Uh, I okay. mean, it, it, it's now here's the thing, right? You will see common because of the way people's psyche works. And there's only so many different personality types and so many variances uh, of the way human responds to things. Right. You will see patterns and there will be things that you can you can narrow down. And we've never really had the ability to use an AI to track those things and find the patterns and categorically analyze this stuff. However, you're putting people into groups. You're not judging people based on individuals. You're base, you're you're basing it on groups. And there is no uh, what what was the article saying? Um, social mobility when it comes to this kind of thing. It's either you fit into groupthink and you do as we say and you think like the rest of uh, uh, the the lemmings, or you don't get a job. We've talked about it with uh, like Uber. Uber does a scoring system for uh, customers, yeah. uh-huh. and they they test the trustworthiness of those customers. They're also doing this for um, That's why if you take wireless Uber, consumers. If you take an Uber, don't say anything. Just keep it simple, right? When you get into an Uber, mm-hmm. if you take an Uber, how you doing? Nice day today, huh? That's it. Yep. Yep. Don't talk anything else. Uh, uh, yeah. Nothing. And just keep it light G- and, you know, GP and I t- GP and I took several Ubers uh, when, when he was over here and we would get in the car and I'm just like, all right, GP, we just keep it, keep it quiet, keep it simple, right? And it was always, hey, it's a nice car. Uh, where'd you get this? How much do you pay for this? Uh-huh. That was as far uh-huh. as it went. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's exactly it. It, it, you're you're having to play a game of social chess now because of all these things. The problem is, is <laughs> you're being tracked everywhere, right? There's always been an element of social chess uh, and social interactions, right? But now it's a your data's behind it. Like they're they're tracking things like what you purchase, what what item, what type of items you purchase, like the brand, is, you know, the it, this it's, is crazy. <sighs> This right here, I, I'm sorry, I don't mean to jump in here, but th- this is this yeah, is insane. It. it says social uh, surveillance scoring, surveillance scoring. That's a new one. Surveillance scoring is the product of two trends. The first is the rampant, mostly unregulated collection of every intimate detail about our lives. Now listen to this. Amassed by the nanosecond from smartphones to cars, toasters to toys, the mm-hmm. fire hose of data, most of which we surrender voluntarily. What did I say about the younger kids, especially? Uh huh. Uh, includes our demographics, income, facial characteristics, the sound of our voice, our precise location, shopping history, medical conditions, genetic information, what we search for on the internet, the websites we visit, when we read an email, what apps we use and how long we use them, which is the um, the digital well-being I was telling you about a while back. Do you remember that? The thing I couldn't get, yeah. I couldn't get rid of. And how often we sleep, exercise, and the like unbelievable i mean i'm not surprised by that but i mean we've been reading about that for a long time but yeah yeah they log google logs everything i I saw an app pop up 
on my phone. It's an app that I have never installed, just as an example here to go along with this, because I've talked about it before. But for new listeners, this is this is something that's out there you might want to watch for. For me to see this app that popped up, I was shocked. and I thought digital well-being. What is this? What is that? You know, my Android phone. And I thought this is okay. I haven't installed this. Maybe this is part of the core software. It is. You can't get rid of it. I had to go into my account settings and I had to go four or five layers down to even figure out what it was. And when I got in there, it showed me every single app that I've ever used, how long I've been using it, how many times I clicked on each thing in that app, and it broke it down into like percentages and all that stuff. And all that data is being sent back. All that data is being sent Mm -hmm. back. So all that information is being logged and sent out without even your knowledge or even without your knowledge. And I didn't realize that that was in there for a better part of a year until I actually had to go in there. And you know, you know something? I disabled it from logging things, but it's still there. It's still there. You can't uninstall it. You can't get rid of it. It's still there. It's that back door you're talking about that gets all the metrics on you. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. You can't get rid of it. And this is going to be, this is, this is the future. Unless we stop these tech corporations, unless we stop them from doing this kind of thing, this is the future. I mean, you you want that new cybernetic implant that's going to enhance enhance your uh, ability to think and process information, connect to the web, whatever, give you uh, greater job opportunities. Yeah, because your social credit scoring, you're not going to get one. Sorry, you, you're going to be slumming it. I mean, that that's the kind of thing that we have to look forward to unless we get a handle on this. And uh, with current trends and the way things, the way people are thinking and the way I don't think I I don't know. Should I should I be negative, Nancy? Should I should I say how I really feel? I don't think we're going to get out of this unless people stand up, and I'm not sure people will. Well, are you willing to trade your uh, your freedom for a little bit of security? Well, if you do that, in the words of Benjamin Franklin, you w- well Thomas Jefferson as well. They kind of mix and match between the two. You will get neither. Uh, you'll get and deserve. You neither. You, you will get yeah. and deserve neither. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something along those lines. But it, yes, you're right. It's though, terrifying. unless. It is terrifying unless people stand up to this. We've been screaming about this for a year, right? We've been talking about all Mm -hmm. the security stuff. And I mean, it's going to take people waking up to it. But if people don't wake up to it, then we're going to go down that road. And it's going to be harder and harder and harder. And almost to a certain point, it will be almost impossible to get out of it. So we're going to have to have a serious national debate on these things. And that's what it's going to have to be. That's what it's going to have to be. I hate to put it like that, but... It's going to have to be that. And we're going to have to grow up and we're going to have to stop being adult children and we're going to have to start taking this stuff seriously. It starts with masks and then it goes to what? Then it goes to facial recognition, which we've already been kind of getting the training wheels of that in recent years. Right. Facial recognition on smartphones, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Oh, look, look, just unlock it with your face. It's so much more convenient. Unlock it with your fingerprint. Oh, there's a fingerprint reader on the back of the phone and you don't want to use. Oh, well, that's okay because the new model that you're going to have to upgrade to, it's got one in the screen, so you have to use it. That kind of stuff. Yeah. So it's nudge and then push. And then, well, I don't have to tell you, shoot comes after that. People are not being shot yet unless you're in unless you're in Portland. I think people are being shot. Yeah. Or Chaz. Or Chaz or Austin, you know, just to say a few. Uh, or if you're yeah. driving down the uh, I-225 in Colorado, for example. So, or, or you live in Chicago. Or you live in Chicago. Oh, man, that's terrible, isn't it? But sports stadiums are now going to be using these new things, right? These new, these new devices that just so happen to be there, right? Just, they just so happen to have all these things ready to go. The new turnstiles, mm. they just happen to have them. 
And it's it's funny because they just like kind of like after 9-11, they they had just mysteriously, we had warehouses all across the country full of body scanners. I mean, just they were just there. So it's amazing. And, and we needed them immediately. And so now we've got these new facial recognition systems. Well, actually, I shouldn't say that because facial recognition is a part of this. I just like to I'd like to know which lawmakers are in bed with the company that manufactured these. Right. I would really love to know that. The company is called Trueface. They're one of the suppliers. The facility managers at some of these venues are looking at using these facial recognition scanners to start bringing small numbers of high value fans, such as VIP guests or season ticket holders back for games. See, you're going to be a high value fan to get in. See, if you're just a person off the street, no, 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 you can't get in there. No, you can't get in with the... Uh, the essential people. You can't get in with the high mm. value. You see, you're not high value enough. You're just the riffraff. You, you know what I see coming after this? As the stadiums start opening up and, oh man, these lines are so long to get through this facial recognition system. You know what? We're going to we're gonna institute something, a uh, Kobe pass, and you can just have all your medical stuff done and ready to go. And all you have to right. do is swipe your card and boom, you're through. Well, no. I, I, well, honestly, they could do it. They could do it another way. They could, you don't need a card. I mean, just if you just get one of those chips... I mean, if, true. If, it's just, that, you know, that's if, true. If you just if you just get one of those little yeah. those little chips, like it's just the size of a grain yeah. of rice. You know, just it's nothing major. Mm -hmm. yeah. right? It has all your just information. RFID on it. chip. Yeah, exactly. All see, yeah. Now, see how much see how much easier that is. See how much easier yeah. that is. It'd be convenient. So this is coming out of a facial recognition supplier called TrueFace. And this is something that stadiums are going to be trialing. They're going to be using facial recognition systems to enter games touchless. Now, here's one of the systems. Uh, and Bruce, I think you have this up on screen as well. Uh, one of these uh, one of these systems. It's something simple. It's got a turnstile attached to it, kind of like those things you walk through. You know, it's got the little bar that you have to push through. Uh, it's got one of those, but it has something. It has a little screen, like a little pedestal you're going to have to turn and look at. So when you get up to the turnstile, you have to turn to your left, it looks like, and you're going to be looking at a temperature screening camera. Then there's a second camera there for recognizing a mask and a face linked to a ticket. Now, I'm not quite sure how they're going to get around all that, because how can you have facial recognition work if you're wearing a mask? Because that's kind of blocks the features and things. So unless you're doing like retinal scans, I don't see how they're going to get past that. Now there's going to be a readout screen underneath of the cameras, and that's going to have a red frame around the picture of your face. And a voice may ask the attendee to wear a mask or to wear it properly. That's if you have a red. Does this feel like you're going back to like safety town in your childhood? I mean, that's what to me, that's what it seems like. Now, if you get a green frame, around your face on the screen, then that means you can go through. You've been approved. You have a barcode or a QR code reader. QR codes, I mean, that's what they use. I, I use that on my phone for uh, my boarding passes when I get on a plane. They have QR code readers uh, for fans who have not linked their ticket to their face. So you can just scan your, your QR code there, which I'm sure that that'll probably be used more because if you have a mask on, well, you know, it's not going to be able to see it. And it, God forbid if you pull it down or something, you know, God forbid you do something like that, you might kill somebody. Not only that, we have... Fauci saying that now we have to wear goggles. So this facial recognition system isn't going to be valid. We're, you know, we, we just, it'd be more convenient just to have the chip, you know, so, so we can just bypass all that uh, since facial recognition doesn't work. Uh, well, we're going to, it'll all be easily accessed. Well, see, yeah, and I agree with you, but if you're going to have all that information on that chip, then you're going to, you're going to need to be vaccinated regularly. Oh yeah. Right. Right. Uh, and that's part of the Kobe pass that, that, that shows that you're, all right, you're gotcha. uh, clean. You know, you're right, you're, gotcha, you're you're good. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. And so for that, I think we we need we need Bill Gates, right? 
Right. Yeah. Or, yeah, okay. or someone right. of his stature. Yes. Yes. Gotcha. Gotcha. So they say that uh, they're talking about um, the L.A. football club here, the uh, the Major League Soccer team. Wasn't it the L.A. Galaxy? At least I thought it was. They say that their plan, they're going to beta test there. See, they pick something small that not a lot of people mm-hmm. go to. They start with something small out of the way. They, they pick that first, which I'm not bashing you if you're a soccer fan in the U.S. I know it's big here in Europe. Football is big here in Europe, but uh, in the U.S., it's it's not really that big. But the chief technology officer of the L.A. football club say that their plan is to move everything to facial recognition. So they're going to be also partnering with a company uh, to use an app called Clear, which is made by a company called All Clear uh, and used by some airline passengers to speed through security checks by presenting their fingerprints or showing their faces. Look, we already have facial recognition in the U.S. It's already there. Okay, mm-hmm. for me to get into the continental United States the last time, I didn't see an actual person. I didn't see an actual person going through customs. I went to a kiosk, and a kiosk had to facially recognize me. It's already there. It's just not everywhere you do business in the United States. See, they put it on the outside, and they just start slowly working their way in. So those of you that are not traveling internationally, you're not seeing it. You're not seeing it. It's there. It's been there for years. I've gone through it. And I asked the guy, I asked the customs guy, I said, if I don't use this, well, then what does that mean? He says, well, you can't get in. Well, I'm a citizen. I can't get into my own country because I'm not going to look at it anyway. Uh, But yes, uh, they're going to be using these little kiosks. See, of course, they're in the in the uh, the airports and now they're going to be bringing them here. Just kind of like what the uh, the body scanners were in the airports. And you know something? If you notice, that's where this nonsense all started. We submitted to that garbage after 9-11 allowing the TSA to be created and put in the airports and have our Fourth Amendment torched. That is what has paved the way for this BS, as far as I'm concerned. What do you think? I have to agree. And honestly, the the mass mandates and the way the the populace has responded to uh, some of these regulations with COVID-19, it has shown not just government, but companies that they're willing to capitulate and they're willing to go down the roads of, of more authoritarian actions like this. I love the stadium manager right here. He says that hopefully we use this coronavirus pandemic to change the rules, to use the pandemic to change the rules. The coronavirus is a bigger enemy than any threat to privacy. Is it these people? Well, are, are you people really smoking your own dope that much? Like, are you people that far gone? They like anyway, the control. That's just that. These people are sick. They're sick. Like they, they have a mental problem. They have something disconnected in that brain of theirs, if they even have one at this point. And there's just a problem there. But anyway, but yes, that's what's coming. You got anything to talk about on these? Uh, you got anything on these these pedestals? Um, Jeez. Uh, well, other than the fact that I don't think they're going to work. How are you going to do facial recognition when you're wearing a mask? That's one of the ways to defeat facial recognition. So it would have to be something else. Don't know, like retinal scanner or something, as you stated. But retinal scanner means that you would have to put your face up, like you'd have to have a, a, a closer view for the camera to scan your retina and get the right orientation. And then it's no longer touchless. And uh, so I honestly, I, I don't think it's going to go well for for this iteration. And it'll be another reason to push the uh, the chip in my mind. Bruce, you just want people to die. I can hear it coming from you. I mean, I did just kind of take a stance of, you know, doing the chip and, and going for it, you know, so... I don't actually support it, by the way, but yeah. <laughs> no, don't do you not? <laughs> I never would have guessed. I, I never would have guessed. Okay, social media. We were talking social media there, and we we got into like all this privacy stuff. Well, Bill Maher, Bill Maher of all people, 
Did you hear what I just said? I said Bill Maher, the guy that's like <laughs> the biggest uh, liberal icon of the left, right? Bill Maher. Now, I don't agree with Bill Maher on a lot of things. I, I really don't. I never I never have. But Bill Maher has never been. How can I put this? He's never been a, a liberal lunatic. You know, not that type. He, he's never been that type. Mm-hmm. He has had some sense about himself. He does believe in the things that he says. I think he does. And mm-hmm. he's willing to sit down and talk to people, even if he doesn't agree with them. He's willing to do that. He has them on his show. And so for him to come out and say this, what he said uh, about what's going on with social media and what's going on with these these movements and, and things like that, the politically charged atmosphere. I'm glad that he's actually said it because it's needed, especially from mm-hmm. someone like him. And he said that we need a pushback on the cancel culture. And he's absolutely right. It's a long time coming from I mean, like, I'm glad that he's come out now, but we needed this a year ago before it got to this point, because those of us that were talking about it from a year ago that could see it coming. I mean, obviously, I mean, we didn't think it was going to get this bad this fast, but we knew that things were going to speed up. But him coming out now, I guess better late than never. Right. I'll, I'll put it that way. He signed a letter. You made reference to the letter. What, what kind of letter was this? So it was, a, it was like 100 or more celebrities that got together and basically uh-huh. celebrities are big names that got together and said, look, cancel culture is a problem. We need to not do this. You know, we need to get back to civility and whatnot. This is not right. And a lot of them has received a lot of flack for this, which, by the way, uh, do we do we remember the one of the first instances of cancel culture? It's it's been quite a while ago now. It was a woman that was doing a charity thing in Africa, I think. And she made a joke, stepped onto her uh, flight and shut her phone off during the flight. You know, didn't see any of the tweets or anything. And the Twitter exploded. She lost her job over it, over a joke on Twitter. I don't recall that. She She's a charity worker. Like she was going to Africa to help people and she got destroyed. Yeah, I forget. I forget her name and the details. It, it's been a while, but I, I remember the basics of it. And that was, I want to say that was 2016. Uh, I'm going okay. to say it was quite a few years ago. And that was like one of the first publicized instances we've seen of cancel culture over a joke. I don't remember that one, oddly enough. That's that's crazy. Uh, but it, at this point, though, I'm kind of numb to it. It doesn't really surprise me because we're seeing it all over. Yeah. People are having their careers ruined. So, I mean, p- people are having their lives destroyed. That's what's happening. Bill Maher has come out and said, and I'm quoting here, he says, as a guy who did a show called Politically Incorrect, I remember the show, and another called Real Time, Real Time with Bill Maher, that's his HBO show, we need a pushback on cancel culture. He said, what strikes me about it is the pushback is coming from the liberals. And almost anyone who signed this letter is a liberal. As you said, it was celebrities. It was, a, by the way, it was um, it was a Harper's letter, it looks like. 153 people, uh, mostly academics, writers, and celebrities. Barry Weiss described the cancel culture as being less about criticism and more about punishment for people who do not ascribe yep. to every cornerstone of left-wing political and social thought. I can't disagree with that. I can't. Th- mind you, I mean, these are people on the left saying this. Yeah. I mean, that's what we've been saying about this. Like, it's... It's just to destroy people. It's just because you don't agree with them or because you have a differing opinion or because you have you you, you made a politically incorrect joke, which, by the way, 10 years ago, you could make politically incorrect jokes and it was fine. And now all of a sudden it's the bane of our existence. Are, are you so thin skinned that you can't take a, a joke? You're, you're the one that decides whether you're offended by words. The words aren't offensive themselves, unless you give them that authority, that power. Well, no one gave them that power. They just took it. Well, no, I mean, I mean, the words themselves. 
words don't have power over you. Oh, I thought you were it's talking what about what power people. you give them. No, no. Yeah. The words themselves. Yeah. You're the one that controls how you respond to words, how you respond to words, if, if that makes sense. So it, no, it does. And no, it does. Yeah, you're, you're yeah. right. What happened to sticks and stones may break my bones. Words will never hurt me. Like, I remember that as a kid. What happened to that? You know, what happened to you being able to, uh, you know, brush off criticism and whatnot? Uh, it's so political correctness is just a load of BS. And it, it's that's what's propagating that. That's where, where it started. That's where it started propagating this whole cancel culture. If you weren't politically correct, then you would get canceled. And now it's it's gone further and further. You know, then it went to the, the LGBT stuff and the, the bathrooms. And it, yep. And Barry Weiss has also come out and said this quote to the Hill newspaper. We're used to criticism. Criticism is kosher in the work that we do. As you said, you used to be able to make political jokes and, you know, comedic jokes because Bill Maher is a comedian at the same time, right? He's mm-hmm. a comedian at the same mm-hmm. time. When he gives his monologue, right? Like, I don't agree with a lot of stuff, but at the same time, in his own way, in his own way, in his, his left wing way, he's funny. He's funny. Yeah. In that context, he's funny. Or if he says, like, <laughs> I was watching this show one time yeah, because I would watch a show, right? Even though I didn't agree with it, I would still watch a show. And... He has. How do I say this? Uh, He had somebody on the right up there one time, and I I can't remember who it was, but they made comments about or they made a comment about his audience. And of course, they were sitting. He was at his desk and and they were, you know, whoever it was that was there was sitting in the in the interview chair and they made a comment about his audience. And he says, oh, don't worry about my audience. They're a bunch of brainwashed liberals anyway. Like it's (laughs) but it's like, that's funny, right? That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. But it's in his own way. But he, he's at the same time, he's, he's right. But Weiss, Barry Weiss has said that uh, criticism is great. What cancel culture is about is not criticism. It's about punishment. It's about making mm-hmm. a person radioactive. It's about taking away their job. The writer John Rao of The Atlantic called it social murder. And I think that's right. It's not just about punishing the sinner. It's not just about punishing the person for being insufficiently pure. It's about the sort of secondary boycott of people who would deign to speak to that person or appear on a platform with that person. And we just see very obviously where that kind of politics gets us. If conversation with people that we disagree with becomes impossible, which we're getting there, what is the way that we can solve conflict? Then it becomes violence, which is where they want everybody. They want everybody at each other's throats. I got people that I talk to now that have known people for decades and they don't talk anymore because they're so divided over this agenda that's being pushed onto society. And it's disgusting. It's disgusting. We've got to break through that. We've got to stop that. You know something? The easiest way for people to break through this, I think, and I'd love to hear what you think on this, Bruce. The easiest way for people to break through this, turn the damn TV off, right? That's a good start. Turn the TV off. And then when you're done with that, when you're done turning the TV off, delete your social media account. Okay, that's a great place to start. And then go talk to somebody. Go talk to someone face to face. Go talk to somebody you've known for 20 years. Go have some coffee. Go have some pie. Unless you're in New York. Talk to people. We can't have dialogue anymore. I would love to sit down and talk to somebody that I don't agree with on things all the time. I don't talk to people on social media. I mean, I respond to you, the listeners that reach out to me and drop me comments and things like that. I I do respond to that. Sure. But that's as far as it goes with me. I'm not in the social media realm. I read 10 years ago what was going on with those platforms. I knew we would be at this point. So I kicked myself out of that system. Same thing with the media, right? I mean, we pay attention to the media because we have to, but we can see through that because we present information here, but we can see through that. We're not seduced by all that stuff that they put out there. So 
Turn the TVs off. Turn the social media off. Think for yourself. That's the way out of this. Violence is not the answer with this. Dialogue, healthy dialogue, social discourse, as Bruce has talked about before, that is the way out of this. They don't want people coming together. I'm talking about the elites, the ones like we talked about 48 hours ago. They don't want people coming together. They want everyone divided against ourselves. That's the bigger plan for us as we the people. That's their plan for us. They want us divided. They want us fighting. They want us at each other's throats. Why? Because the elites don't give a damn about me. They don't care about me. They don't care about you. They don't care about your family. They don't care about your business. We're non-essential to them. So why do they need us? So they'll just brush us off. See, they don't have power. They have control to an extent, but they don't have any power. And what we talked about 48 hours ago, that is the power that they're looking for. We have power. They don't. So we've got to talk because if we can talk, if we can have that civil discourse, if we can come together and discuss ideas, even if we don't agree on things, then guess what? We get to keep that power and they don't get to obtain it. But who's going to regulate what people say? And like I, I, somebody's going to say something that's going to offend me. So I, I need I need the big corporation to, to regulate that. And I need to make sure that if somebody does do that, that they get destroyed and they can't get a job. And so I, I, I agree. One of the things they want to push for is violence. I really think they want us to be violent to the point of we're no longer willing to talk to each other. Now the only conclusion is violence. Because once we enact violence and we start, you know, that level of unrest is there. They have their radicals, their fanatics that are under them, right? And they can pass the things that they want, such as a full-blown credit scoring system. Because, you know, if if they pass that, that means if you step out of line, they have an entire infrastructure to completely destroy your life in every way possible. And it's basically slavery, right? Using the digital world. So that's exactly what they want. They want us to be against each other. They want this unrest. They want, they being the large corporations, these billionaires, these people like George Soros and those types, they enjoy it in in, in case of uh, Soros. So yeah, that's what they're pushing for in the future. Control. And they want people, they want that chip. They want you to have that so that there is nowhere to hide. Right now, there's really not anywhere you can hide. The, the thing is, is it's fractured. There's multiple companies that are that are doing everything. There's no centralized communist style or CCP style social credit scoring system. There's nothing like that yet in the US. But that's what they're pushing towards. As they keep moving forward, these tech companies are going to continue to work together and they're going to just form this big conglomerate. And then the government's going to be like, you know what? We got to regulate you guys. This is getting out of hand. And then the government's going to be like, well, we have to stay relevant. So why don't we uh, why don't we enact some of these things? Because, you know, clearly it works pretty well. And in many cases, it keeps people regulated and, and it gives us access to people, um, you know, so we can enact justice or our form of justice. Or these corrupt politicians can be like, well, I can use material against my opponents or, you know, anybody that I deem an opponent, even at the voter level. So there's so many different directions and so many different peoples that want this, uh, that that want some kind of system in place for their own nefarious goals. That I'm not saying that everybody, like all these big corporations are for it so that they can do some crazy leftist thing, right? They have their own goals and motives to want to bring this about. And 
we're, we're, we're kind of stuck here in the middle of it. Unless we get a hold on this, a handle on it. It's not even necessarily that that social media itself is the problem. It's what they do with the data they collect in social media. It's the amount of information that we've dumped into their laps. And they've... <laughs> They've created AI to process this information and to better understand the human psyche. And so now they're able to identify the left and the right and what the typical thinking is and how to manipulate us. And it's only going to get worse as technology improves unless we get a handle on it, unless we start cracking down on this on this level of corruption. If we don't, you thought communism was bad, fascism, uh, authoritarianism. This will be a dark age like we've never seen before. It could potentially be, I don't see a way out of it. Once we get into this world and this is, once you take that chip, there is no going back. Like you're not getting out. You can remove the chip, but guess what? They have you tracked. I, I, I don't see, I don't see any way out of it once it, once it becomes ingrained in society. Man, so much for not being deep today and having our feet up. Right. Thanks 2020. Right. Yeah. But see, here's the thing. If people, if people wake up to that, then it can be stopped or at the very least it can be highly highly regulated or or staved off to a point but honestly are people awake enough to even see it are they awake enough to even go down a, a thought or two down into the real meat and potatoes of an issue are they willing to get down in there i'm not so sure I, i'm not so sure i'd like to think so because i have a lot of faith in people you know i have hope in in people but when you try and talk to somebody and bring it to their attention well you're just some crazy nut you're, you're just you're just some crazy, you know, kook. You don't know what you're talking about. So traditionally, that's the kind of argument that I run into. And mm-hmm. it's really frustrating. It, it's frustrating because we sit here and we go th- like we read we read white papers on this stuff. This is the plan. It's not like this is some made up conspiracy theory. Yes, the TV and yes, the social media, they're going to tell you you're a bunch of nuts. Of course they are. But you know what? And they're they're going to cancel people that don't go along with it. See, it starts with the celebrities first, then they're going to cancel you. But the problem is, is that they want you to stay stupid. They want you to stay dumbed down. They don't want you to form critical thought. If you form critical thought, well, then that makes you a potential threat. Then you have to be canceled. That's where this goes. As Bruce is talking about, we're headed down that road and they want to make sure that this system is put in place, installed, operational, run by them, the elites, the technocratic elites, technocrats. You've heard me use that word before a couple of times. Technocrats. That's what this is. That's who these people are. They want that system in place to make sure that they can suppress any kind of uprising, be it intellectual, physical, whatever. They want that in place to make sure that they can suppress any type of uprising before it even gets started. This is another reason why I'll make the five why I will make the 5G argument. I will make that argument based on that, not this theory that's out there that it gives you viruses and all that. I don't subscribe to that. But I argue it from a security standpoint, an information security standpoint, and a national security standpoint. That's where I argue it from, because that's what it is. That's what that that's what the backbone of that system is reliant upon is 5G. That's why they're pushing so hard for it. And you notice the UK is not going along with the program. So this is something that people are going to have to get their heads around. Now, I don't know what it's going to take. I really don't at this point. I have no idea, because if people aren't seeing this, then I'm not sure I know what to say. Because we did something a couple of days ago, and what we did a couple of days ago, some people are coming back at me saying, I'm not sure what you guys are even talking about. Because 
It's not being talked about in the mainstream. We're off that reservation. Yeah. We're off that reservation. Yeah. We left that reservation a decade ago, most of us. And so we're out there in the realm of these people's plans, these tech companies, these financiers, finance capital, governments, right? We're in their world. We're in their plans. And these are the plans that they're not filtering through their mouthpieces, such as mainstream media, to give to you. They don't want people to figure this stuff out. Do you think they're happy that people like us, just average nobodies, can sit here and dig through their stuff and figure it out? You think they like that? If we figure out what this is, people, I mean, we the people, if we figure out what this is and we wake up to it and we push back because that's all it's going to take. Literally, all this takes is a population recognizing what it is, standing up and saying, no, that's all it is. Doesn't have to go any further than that. That's all that has to happen here. So if we can do that, if that's the route we need to take, I believe that it's that simple because it really is. It's just so simple. It might just or it's, excuse me. It sounds so simple. It might just work. That old saying, that's <laughs> what it is. It's so simple. It would just work. But people have to wake up to it. And that's that's my biggest fear is it's just people are just not that man. They're just not getting it. And I don't know what else to do other than what we're doing here. Right. I, I don't know what else to do. So I'm welcome to any of you listeners out there. If you follow me on Parlor, I'm welcome to any uh, any comments you throw back at me. You know, I post the podcast up there every day. You can drop a, a comment in the podcast. I don't care. Go ahead. I'll respond to you. What are your ideas? Are you seeing something we're not seeing? So I, I, I kind of had a thought on this a little bit. I, you know, what we're seeing with Twitter is Twitter, uh, the mob that comes at us, right? The, the ones that the cancel culture, they're the minority. It's not going to take many to enact a social credit scoring system. If the corporations and companies get together and create this centralized system, this centralized server to regulate all this information, it's going to take a very small number of people to be the, shall we say, the informants, the um, snitches to, uh, you, you know, you're having a conversation and they're one of the anonymous ones or one of the invisible ones that don't really talk in your chat or something. And they, they send a message to like a big corporation, like a large phone company or Google or whatever your employer is, if you're employed by a big corporation. And, oh, look at that. You just got canceled or your bank account gets frozen. It doesn't take many. And that's that's what I'm I'm really concerned with in this as well is even if the majority of Americans wake up to this, if our politicians don't do anything to regulate this, we can't really do anything to regulate it. OK, so we stop using social media. Well. The damage is done already. They have the information. And we keep having these dictators in our local governments mandating what we can and can't do when it comes to COVID-19 instead of just giving us the information and let us make a decision ourselves. Well, they're going to have to enact something to, to keep us safe, right? And it's only going to take a small number of people. And who's to say they don't use a different crisis Right. Originally, the, the first crisis was uh, with with the terrorism stuff. Right. So we got the Patriot Act that opened the door for FISA courts that opened the door for, well, you're a terrorist. So we can look at anything in your life and the people in your connection, in your circle. And thanks, Patriot Act. You know, I mean, what what what's next? What are they going to do next? Is it is it you know, are they going to label a bunch of people domestic terrorists? Are they going to something else with uh, another disease? Is it going to be something completely different that we don't really know about right now? I don't know. It's so they're pitting us against each other. And now we can't, we don't know if we can trust one another. And this is, that that's another thing that they need. Look, look at Soviet Russia when that was the thing, right? You couldn't trust anyone in Soviet Russia. So yeah, it's just, it's concerning. 
And I'm I'm really concerned we're we're past that point of no return. I have faith, Bruce. I have faith. I, I get your concern, I do. But I'm still of the opinion we are rapidly approaching that apex, aren't we? We're getting to the point where yes. look, we're passing all these exits and it's like, uh, we need to be taking this. Uh we need to be taking we need hello, we, we need to take this next exit because we're coming up on that sign last exit for the, the next 500 years, right? So we're going to have to do something like we got to get off this road. So yeah, I, I see your point. And I still think we have time to get out of this. We still have time to do that. But that window's closing and it's closing rapidly. We're going to have to have a serious national debate on that. When that's going to happen? Well, uh, if Senator Mike Lee is of any influence, it's going to happen within the next 48 hours. So let's hope that that goes at least somewhere if it draws some kind of debate or something, because we're going to have to pull the emergency brake on this at some point. Otherwise, we're all going to go off the cliff and we're all going to go off the cliff together. So for those of you who have not and you would like to, please do give us a follow over on the social media platform of Parlor. We love getting all your echoes, your likes, your comments. Uh, and as I stated earlier, if you have a suggestion or a line that you'd like to drop myself or Marty, please do so. Maybe it's like I said, maybe you're seeing something that we're not seeing. Uh, we would love to hear from you as a listener. You can follow myself at Anderson 3 or you can follow Marty at Marty Foster. Bruce, thank you for your time today. And from all of us here, wherever you are in the world, we thank you for listening because it's all of you that listen that make this all possible. We love you and we love freedom and independence. And together we'll continue to fight for those in the marketplace of ideas. So we'll see all of you tomorrow. 